Thanks, Joe. Good morning, everybody. It's so nice to be here. So those guys at the end, you hear me? If you want to, you can move closer. I've had COVID, double vaccinated. And I'm wearing black. And uh, Lynn said I look like Darth Vader. <laughs> Who's an evil being in uh, some space movie? Thanks, Lynn. Morning. You still the father. Luke, you're Just my father. God the father, not God the father. The father of Luke Walker, I think. Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah, he shows you Then I bumped into Lucas on Friday. We had a coffee together and he saw my beautiful cap. Don't you think it's cool? Very cool. Yeah. He says I look like a bishop. The <laughs> <laughs> new Josh Jen bishop cap. <laughs> It's an honor and a privilege to be here. I missed the family of Sunningdale. Laureen, my beautiful wife, sitting over there. You stand up and just... <laughs> we do get around a lot to many congregations. Uh, obviously, a lot of the ministries. But I can tell you that the favor and the hand of God on Joshua's generation at the moment is incredible. You know, since COVID... Now, I'll start with this. I may have told most of you this already. We started off with 27 congregations on the 27th of March last year. And then COVID hit us. We came out of COVID with 32 congregations. And we're now sitting on 41 congregations a year later. Isn't God good? Amen. In the time since July, when COVID... When the restrictions were lifted until the end of February this year, we've had over 6,200 visitors yep. coming into Joshua Generation. Sure. We've had over 643 first time salvation. Thank you, Lord. And God is good, isn't Thank He? Thank you, Lord. And the nice thing as well is that He's looked after us. Unfortunately, out of 6,000 people that we have in Josh Gen, since COVID started, through the second wave and now the third wave, we have only lost eight people. Yo. It's a tragedy for us to lose one, but given the stats, you know, eight people who, are no, who know Jesus and are with the Lord at the moment, we are grateful that they are in that place and not here because they are celebrating Jesus. But I thank God for the safety of you and us his hand of favor and protection over us. And as you know, Tony's come onto team recently. We brought yeah. on 15 new people onto team because God has taken care of our finances and your giving, our tithing. We're in the process of completing Sunningdale building. Yeah. We're going to move into a new kids venue this week, for next week. Awesome. New youth facility, amazing. Yeah. Muscle Bay is on the verge of being completed after seven years standing. Yeah. And known as the building on the hill, <laughs> it's now the light on the hill. No longer the building on the hill. Morning, sir. You're missing the wrong. <laughs> My neighbor. <laughs> yeah, dog's happy. And we've also done uh, Edgebeat, which most of you may have been through. It looks absolutely fantastic. It actually doesn't look like a church. It looks like a wonderful home. Yeah. And I tell you that because... God is gracious, God is good, and when we sing songs like, how great is our God, 
We've got to mean that with all our heart because God is truly a great God. Amen. He loves us despite who we are, despite where we are. And some of us may have fallen short. Some of us may have grown cold. But He is a Father that runs after each one of you and wants to hold you and embrace you in His arms right now as a loving Father would love each one of His children. So I'm going to preach if uh, you want to make notes or remember or use your iPhones. Is entitled Building for Eternity. Building for Eternity. So in this preach, I'm trusting that God's going to restore my vision. <laughs> I wear glasses. The magnification is about three. Tony lent me his, which are two. And I still couldn't read. It made it worse. <laughs> so, God, please, thank you for this cap that the suns are shining in my eyes. And I can see. A couple of uh, months ago, we heard... One of the most incredible preachers I have heard from Will Murray. It was to all the elders, men elders, lead elders in Joshua Generation in Sunningdale. And at that stage we heard that Will had cancer and he didn't have long to live. And subsequently after that we heard now that he had recovered, cancer had been cured. But now the news has come out now that he's got less than eight months in which to live. And I remember sitting in Sunningdale as he was preaching. My heart, the world, was absolutely broken. I was crying as Andrew was crying. And I think a lot of the guys felt the pain and the emotion of losing a special friend, a legend like Will Moran. He's been so good in terms of breaking things open in the nations. But he said one thing that stood out to me and that you guys should take note of in light of what words were brought, particularly that of Tanya. And he says this, Our lives will soon pass, but that which we do for Jesus will last through eternity. Our lives will soon pass, but that which we do through now, which will last through eternity. So, I'd like you to grab your phones, your Bibles, and it's a very well-known parable this. I'll read this. You can leave your Bible on the scripture, because we'll go there frequently, we'll cross over and come back to it. And many of you have heard this many times. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 7 chapter 7 verses 24 to 29 Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 to 29 Are we there? Yeah. I'm using uh, the NIV version Let me start It says everyone who then hears Tanya Everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew 
and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine, just as you are listening right now, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, or does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the foolish, uh, when the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was that fall. So this scripture, or this passage of scripture, came shortly after Jesus was preaching to the crowds that sat in front of him, just as you guys are sitting in front of me right now, when he spoke about the Beatitudes. And he spoke about different things. He, you know, just his sermon to the people in terms of how they should live. And um, as he went through that, one of the key things that stood out was we need to be like the salt of the earth. You know, if you lose your saltiness, you're worthless. In other words, they'll throw you onto the road and that's as best as what they're going to use you. But you know, when you cook a combined meal, Who's from England here? Anybody from England? Okay, one guy. Anybody else? See that answer? Oh, he's just sitting there on the bench. Now, you know, if you go to England, you eat their food. It's very bland. Sorry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> their food sucks. Because I don't know how to put spice in the foods. And, you know, there's no salt. And if you eat food without salt, it's bland. And that's why we have to be the salt of the earth because we carry God's flavor. Not favor, God's flavor. And so therefore he asks us to be salt because we're going to bring flavor into people that are lost, lonely and broken hearted. He also then goes on and he talks about that he himself, Jesus Christ, is the fulfillment of the law. So many of us want to live according to the law. But he says, no, no, I've come here to fulfill the law. A lot of us still want to have a religious spirit and hang on to some of the Old Testament laws. And he says, no, 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 stop. I am the fulfillment of the Lord. And he also teaches us how to pray properly. I mean, a lot of us battle to pray. Am I right? Praying's difficult, man. I say to most people, how long do you pray for? Five minutes. Pray is not something that you have to practice. Praying is something that we do. Praying is like you having a conversation with your kids or with your wife or with your husband. But he teaches us, he says, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I mean, it's such a beautiful prayer that you can expand on that there's no other prayer that you can pray. Pray that prayer. Our Father, I mean, I can call you Abba, Father. You've made a way for me to come into your throne room to address you, to speak to you about my issues, my problems, my concerns, my family that have gone to be with you. I can speak to you like a son or like a daughter to a father. Our Father, my Abba. I was watching a movie the other night. It's called uh, Hit and Run on Netflix. And this guy's wife gets taken out and his father, Jewish guy, comes in to console him. 
And he looks at his father and he says to his father, Abba, the translation is daddy, daddy. And that's the way we need to see God as daddy. Not, you know, God is distant. God is amongst us right now, even as we sit here. You know that the word says we're two or more gathered. He's here. He's amongst us. Then goes on and teaches us about giving, giving alms, that to help the poor people. He teaches us um, how not to become all religious. He teaches us that God is the Father and He's concerned for our well-being. And then we go. And He also teaches us not to judge each other uh, or our neighbors. We need to leave that to Him. And then He ends on another prayer. And also, finally, before we go into this verse, he warns us not to judge other people and to be aware of false teachers. Now, this is something I'm just going to just throw out there. There are many false teachers out there at the moment. It's actually interesting. You get the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers. And all the vaxxers, they've got all the proof in the world that you shouldn't get vaccinated. And the anti-vaxxers have got all the proof in the world that you should not be vaccinated. Where did they get the information? The internet. There's only one person that I know that knows more than Google. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's nickname, by the way, is Enos. <laughs> Tanya told me the other day. His nickname is Enos. He knows everything. Here we go. Here we go. Her nickname is Enos. She's Enos. So this entire sermon is based on four points and four points alone. All of us, as we are sitting here, some of you are standing. I see some guests at the back there. You are standing. There are four points. All of us are building. All of us are building. Whether you know it or you don't know it, you are building. The second point are... All buildings are set on a foundation. Is there anybody that's Afrikaans here? Fundament. That... Somebody told me fundament is wrong. Uh, it's a true Afrikaans word, fundament. Yeah. I'm not the person to double check the Afrikaans word. Okay. <laughs> the third point is all, all, say with me, all, all. foundations will be tested. All foundations are going to be tested. And the fourth point is that only one foundation will be saved. One foundation will stand. One foundation will stand. So let's look at the two builders quickly. Started off, when I started that verse, it said, everyone is not anyone that he's sitting here or standing here, that is excluded. This is everyone. Everyone. This refers back to that verse, chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. The hearers are expected that they have just heard this from Jesus and they need to weigh up the differences between the wise builder and the foolish builder. And this is not a comparison between the two men who deliberately set out to build on different foundations. 
It's just that the first builder, he is a man who gave careful consideration to the foundation on which he was building, whilst the other person didn't give any consideration to the foundation. Now, I'll give you a good example. We have across the road, I mean across the river, other side of Parklands, a lovely um, community of people that live there. We've got a church there known as Danun. Right? Beautiful place. But then Danun became a little bit tight and the guys decided to jump across from where they were living and start moving and building towards the river, towards Parklands. Right? And they have now called that place Shishwizwe. The problem is that they built their houses in a place that they should never have built them because there are floodlines. There's a 20-year floodline, there's a 50-year floodline, and there's a 100-year floodline. And when the rains came down like they did last month, thousands of houses and shacks were washed down as the river came and burst its banks and flooded down. And all that you saw was these shacks going with all their possessions. You see, they are like the foolish builder that did, did, did not give thought to the foundation that they were building on. So it's another example. This behind me, as you sit here, you stare at this beautiful mountain. Why aren't we building a house here? I mean, this has got to be the best view in the world. Because you know that the foundations, the sand, will face storms. It will face high tides. You are building on sea sand. This house will not last here. That's why they had to move backwards away from where the tide comes in and will actually break the house down. So the one person went by a plan and the other one just went by haphazardly. I'll just fold you you know, for a lot of us, it's just as long as I've got a roof over my head. And they didn't give it much thought, and that's exactly what the foolish builder did. Then in Luke chapter 6, verse 47 to 49, you don't have to go there. I'd like you to stay on Matthew 7. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you to do? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, a stream broke against that house, and it could not shake it because it had been well built. But, now this is very important for all of you guys to hear, but, you know when God says, Jesus says, but, we need to open our ears, we need to incline our ears towards Him. He says, but the one who hears and does not, do them is like a man who built the house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. They're very similar, but again he's emphasizing, not only be a listener of God's word, but be a doer of God's word. I'll give you a couple of examples. 
If you're a teenager sitting here, you need to be deciding what path you are going to be following. Will it be a path? A lot of us, particularly myself, when I was young, it's going to be wild. It's going to be exciting. I want to have fun. I want to get drunk every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. I want to do get into drugs, rock and roll, and all those and other things. I was going to say nice things. Yeah, <laughs> right, don't that out. You know, I always want you to be where the action is, and a lot of us. Oh, somebody's having a party. We need to go to that party. That's where we belong. Or are you going to be a teenager that calmly decides? that I need the right education. I need to hang around with the right friends. Friends who know Jesus Christ, who love the Lord, who do go to church, who do go to youth. I'd like to hang around with those guys. I will come out of this with a good religious background and a strong moral character. Not many teenagers would say that. No, no, no. I'll die, digress from my notes. The other guy that used to be part of Josh's generation, I used to meet him just across the road here where uh, Bootleggers is for two years. Every Thursday morning I met him at seven o'clock for an hour, hour and a half to speak into his life. He was accountable to me. And he said to me, Kim, one day when I turned 40, I would have made enough money that I'll be able to stop working and I'll give my life to the Lord. I'll work for the Lord full time. Turned 40 last year. Guess what he's doing? I just need one more rand. Another million. You see... Where the person's artist. I'll give you another example. For us, as older folk, single folk, you might say, I need to choose a lifelong partner. There's many singles over here that like to get married, and you're going to say, I need to find the right partner. You want the person that's identified as the party animal, that person's the life of the party. I need to go there. I need to go then. I mean, that, that's just wild exciting. This is going to be a journey and a half. They're not safe, but I'm a Christian. I'll get them safe. <laughs> or are you going to go for that quieter person who's decent, gentle, and has a heart that loves Jesus? Is that wonderful expression? Still waters run the deepest. Well, you want to go for that person that's extravagant and loud and is a party animal. Third example is that, and many of you guys are parents here, of raising our children. And so often, the biggest mistake we make as parents is we say, we want our children to make the decisions in terms of the way they should live their lives. Instead of you as the parent saying, no, no, up until you leave this house, these are the boundaries, this is the lifestyle, this is how we're going to live in this house. I was able to minister to a guy in the gym that I go to. I 
could see he had a calling on his life to be an elder in the church. He was from Johannesburg. And I ministered to him, ministered to him, and eventually said, I'm going to come to your church. He recommitted his life. And we thought, okay, this guy, God has sent us. I mean, he's a real treasure. He had a family of three kids. And he came diligently for three months. Not for three months. He stopped coming. I was wondering where he was. And months later, he was walking past my house. And I ran down and I said, Wayne, where have you been? He said, no, no, his children said, no, their friends go to a church down the road over here. Have you? So they've decided to move over there. You see, it's a situation where the kids are dictating to the parents where they should be going. I know parents, what are you doing on Saturday? Oh, my daughter wants to, do, wants to go to Canal Walk. And I'm like, what? Who's leading the home over here? Are you leading the home or your kids leading the home? So what foundation are you building on? <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the real meaning of this parable is eternal and timeless. It has to do with your soul and your next life. Everyone who then hears the words of mine and does them. What have you got to do? You've got to do God's word. Many of us read God's word every single day. But we walk away and say, that was nice. I did my quiet time. Tick. We go out and we don't live God's word. Good. We've got to be not only hearers, but we've also got to be doers of God's word. Good. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like that foolish man who built his ass on sand. So I read God's word twice, three times a day. And I pray because I'm old, older, getting real old, younger than my wife. I love her. She's, she's the best thing since peanut butter sandwiches, honestly. God blessed me with somebody that's going to sharpen me and mold me. She's going to outlive me. She says she's going to live to 100. I don't want to be around when she turns 100. <laughs> I don't want to take those false teeth and brush them. And be there wiping the bottom. And servicing the walker. Lord. No, I'm joking. I love it too much. So you are bolder both in this life and the next life. Now and for the future and now for eternity. This is a key question. Are you building for now? Whatever you're doing now will be called, will be tried, and will be tested on the day of the Lord with fire. So I could be building, and I could say to you guys, Joe introduced me, I can say to you, hey guys, Johnny gave you a tidbit of what I actually do. I oversee 41 congregations. I actually look after all the ministries. I actually uh, control all the building projects. I actually look after um, all the new church plants. I look after the guys overseas. And it's all about me, myself, and I. And I'm not glorifying God. Everything that I just said will be tested on the day of the Lord by fire and will be burnt away. And I will have no reward in eternity because I've been building 
about me or towards me. So you need to ask yourself the question, what am I building for? This life is this long. You're like a flower. You've blossomed and you've bloomed. But you are going to wither and the wind is going to come and it's going to blow you away. That's how short your life is. But I have to say to you, you can see the front of the ocean here where the waves are breaking. But how far does that ocean go? Can you see it? Imagine that to be eternity. You will not know how long and how wide eternity is. If I had to ask you right now, how far is east from west? Can you measure how far east is from west? Nope. You can't. You can't. You just keep going. I'm heading east. I'm heading west. When am I, when am I going to reach it? You'll never reach it. So in verses 25 to 27, it says, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. Uzad had been founded on the rock. And then, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and great, sorry, I can't see, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. See, with us, some of the words that came out, with us, we will all face storms in life. And the storms may differ, but the storms will come. You will find that there's going to be a wind. You are going to find that there's going to be a flood. You are going to find in life that there's going to be rain. And these things could vary. It could be the loss of a job. It could be loss of a spouse. It could be a loss of a child. But you will face storms in this life. I, Noreen, and many of you that I know have faced many storms. And many of us are able to stand here or sit here and testify about some of the storms that we have faced. But the storms will come. Yeah. I've got a dear friend. I posted a thing on Facebook this morning. My heart is broken for this man. I absolutely love him. I love him as a son. I love him as a brother. And I love, I love him as a Christian. But his heart has gone cold and drifted because of little offenses that have crept in his heart. A storm that has come past and entered into his life. And now he's drifting away from the faith. After many years, because his heart has hardened. Why? Because he's built on the wrong foundation. And there is only one foundation that we can build on. And sometimes we confuse ourselves. And I need to ask you to ask yourself this question. Have I confused the building material with the foundation? So we can buy bricks and cement and we can buy the best windows and the sliding doors and the louvers and the nice wallpaper and everything. I'll give you a couple of examples. Talking about this a little bit early on. Some, some of us will believe, now Kim, hang on. We go to church on Sundays. Tick that box. Not even that. We got a community on Wednesday night. Tick that box. See those things. You know what? I actually think I behave like Jesus. I actually read God's word every morning. I'm trying to be right. 
tick, 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 that these things will all face those storms. Those things, people, hear my heart, are the building materials. They're not the foundation. They're not the foundation. It's great that you're doing those things, but those are the building materials. They're not the foundation. So I'm going to quote 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. Very important scripture for you to hear. Well, no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There's no other foundation other than that which is how, which is Jesus Christ. If you're choosing any other foundation to build on at the moment, it's the wrong foundation. We've got to start by laying a foundation. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. My life is going to be built on that foundation and that foundation only. I'm not going to dig my own foundation. I'm going to build my foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone. He is my foundation. And this foundation will face tests, will face storms, will face floods, but it will stand because Jesus Christ defeated all those issues, all those storms. Amen. Good. So Jesus is our foundation, not the church that we go to, not the quiet times, not the attending church communities. Those are the building materials. Deep down, Jesus, whatever comes my way, I will stand firm on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, in you, with you, I can do all things. Because you are our foundation. John chapter 3 verse 36 says this. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Some people at all might walk past and say, I don't know who Jesus is. They think we're loony. They think we're happy clappies. When Josh Chen, Charlie Jumpers. <laughs> but the difference between us and them is that we believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. They don't know who Jesus is. They're always just another guy. You guys are like all dilly. Happy clappies, Bible punches, whatever the case is. They don't know Jesus, but it goes on to say, Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God will remain on them. The wrath of God. In other words, God's anger will come to their way. I remember as a young boy, we had a little fruit plantation. We had about 24 peach trees in the back of our yard. And every season they came, the beautiful fruit and everything. But our neighbors behind us, they had four peach trees. And we took one of those black 50 millimeter plastic pipes that had a slight bend in it. And we used to find the peach, push the pipe through the, the fence. And that peach looked nice. And we used to get the pipe over the peach and we used to give it a shake. The peach came rolling down into our hands 
Nishita's peaches. There's nothing better than a stolen peach. <laughs> Seriously, oh, oh, they were juicy, they were delicious. Let's alone the plantation of 20 odd peach trees behind us. Stolen fruit. Until my mom caught us one day. So I'm going to tell your dad. And the wrath of my dad was going to be terrifying. I didn't want to face what my dad was going to do to me. I became like Michael Jackson and I started doing fancy moves. Who's <laughs> I knew when my dad got home, I was going to get a snot club. I knew I was going to face the wrath of my father. One Corinthians chapter three, verse thirteen to fifteen says this: Now, if anyone if anyone builds on a foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it. This will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive. A reward. Very important. He will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. Though himself may be saved, but only as through fire. So you could be doing the things. You could be ticking those boxes that I spoke about early on. But the day is going to come when you're going to face God. And all these things that you've been doing will be manifest. They'll come in front of God. And you'll test them with fire. And some of us are going to get rewards for what we've done. I love it when I hear of stories and people have spoken. I don't, let me tell you, I'll probably lose my, my reward in heaven for this one because I'm telling the story. We had those visitors, Vim and, uh, what's his wife's name? Uh, Elizabeth, they were staying with us. We took them to the ocean basket. And we're having a wonderful discussion about Jesus Christ. Jesus this, Jesus that. And how do you do things? And it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all the time. And just below us, this couple sitting there. But I never took any notice of them. Because I was focusing on our visitors from Holland. I got up to go and pay the bill at the end of the meal. And as I was standing there pa paying, this young lady comes up to me and she said, Are you a pastor? How did you know? I wasn't wearing this cap. Not a bishop cap. I didn't wear my bishop cap. She said, no, because you were speaking about Jesus all night. So I said, yeah. She said, will you please pray for my dad? I said, oh, sure, I'll pray for your dad. Where is he? She said, no, no, you can't pray for him now. I said, what's his name? She said, no, his name's Neville. I said, okay, what's wrong with him? She said, no, he's got throat cancer. Will you please pray for him? So I said, yeah, sure, I'll pray for him. So I continued paying for the bill. She disappeared outside. Five minutes later, she came back inside. She says, no, my dad says you can pray for me, for him. So I went outside. He had a buff on like some of you guys are wearing. So I said, oh, I'm Kim. And he lifted up his buff and he put this little mechanical thing so he could speak. Oh, my name is Neville. It's, you know, like, oh, my name is Neville. I'm Darth Vader. <laughs> so he pushed the, the buff down again. So I said to him, Sir, do you know who Jesus Christ is? And he went like this. 
obviously didn't want to continue the discussion about without the thing. So it went like this. I said, sir, I can pray for you. Neville, I can pray for you. But unless you know Jesus Christ, these prayers of mine will fall to the ground and mean nothing. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior Amen. for this prayer to be effective. Amen. And I then said to you, would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He said, yes. Amen. And then I was able to lay my hands on him and pray for him. Amen. And trust that God would heal him. Come on. Now you see, that is laying up a treasure in heaven. That thing will manifest itself in heaven on the day. And will be tested by fire. And that thing will, or would have, until I spoke to you guys about it, given me a reward. See, what foundation are you doing? How are you building towards eternity? Good. Now this is where for most of us, nearly finished, for most of us, the foundation was wrong. And Tony and I, when I arrived here, were talk, talking about this. And to me, this is the most frightening scripture in God's word and it's found in Matthew 7 21 to 23 and I'll read out the ESV version it says now listen closely people because this is very important if somebody next to you is nodded off because they're enjoying the heat mm -hmm. wake them up not everyone <laughs> <laughs> No, he's awake. <laughs> it's important that you hear this. Okay, listen carefully. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, they're speaking to us as Christians, as believers, not to the people that don't know Jesus and walk past or take a big U-turn because they hear us singing and talking about the Lord. He's not talking about those people because they won't say to him, Lord, Lord. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now you should be like, okay, what's happening here? My knees are starting to shake. But the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, on that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name? How many of us have done that? How many good works have we done for God? But the foundation was wrong. We've forgotten about Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. We're doing these things. I remember once when I first joined Sunningdale, I went up to pray for somebody. I was new in Joshua. And as I laid my hands on him, the power of the Holy Spirit came and the person fell over. I went to the next person, he fell over. I went to the next person, touched him on the chest, and he fell over. My chest came out. <laughs> I'm the man of power. <laughs> Next Sunday I came and I couldn't wait for the people to go up front again and I ran up and I put my hand on the guy's chest and nothing happened. <laughs> and I must be him and I went to the next guy and nothing happened. I went to the next guy and nothing happened. So I'm like, you see, it's not about us. It's about him. But when we get into Good. heaven, guys, Lord, Lord, at you. Go away from me. I don't know you. What do you mean, Lord? I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name. We healed the sick in your name. This is the foundation. Your love for me 
the thing that you built on was about you and not for me. It's like I thought I was the man, the power for the hour guy. Wrong foundation. I was not giving him the glory. My foundation was not Jesus Christ. We need to give all glory to him. That's why we sing how great is our God. We're building on a solid foundation. Same conclusion. Greatest decision you will make in this life does not concern this life. He says it again. The greatest decision that you're going to make in this life does not concern this life. It concerns the life to come, which is eternity. Are you building for now? On the foundation of Jesus Christ, or you're building for eternity. When an opportunity arises, like that man that I prayed for, or when I see somebody in distress and somebody ill going into place, I'm praying for them. Those are building blocks for eternity. When I'm able to give up things for God, those are building blocks for eternity. I'm not saying, look at me, I've just given. Remember the word says, don't let. One hand, the left hand know what the right hand is doing. But those are the building blocks for eternity. And many people will never make a decision concerning Jesus and their lives because they do not think it's important. And some of you might be sitting and say, well, you know, like that guy said, when I turn 40, maybe then I'll start serving Jesus full time. Wrong decision. Wrong heart, wrong foundation. The decision that he made is, I know another friend who's made money. He's made more money than all of us collectively could make in 10 lifetimes. He's in the process of selling his business. When the business is sold, he said, I will, out of my money that I've made, employ five people that I know you guys need now. I'll pay for their salaries for the rest of their lives. I'm going to come and work alongside you for the rest of my life at no cost to the church. I will give to the church what they need as long as I'm alive. See what he's doing. Building blocks for eternity. It's not about him anymore. He's made the money. He's now saying, God, let my life count for you. So if something is taken away from you today or tomorrow, I love that testimony. The lady came up and shared, shared ago, and share about husband and wife that was lost because of COVID, whatever reason. But then the mom looked up, praised Jesus, they're in the best place. What thing, if taken away from you right now, would wait, would make your life not worth living. If you had to lose your child today, your home, your job, your career, your money, would you want to give up? When we in Edgeby, there was a lady there that absolutely loved her mom. Her mom died and she was so bitter and so angry with God. She shook her fist at God like this. God, how dare you take my mother from me? 
She was so angry, she left the church. Her husband followed. Her son, who's going to be the youth leader. I mean, the kids absolutely loved this guy's leadership all over him. I mean, he was going to grow the youth in Edmead. Like, you wouldn't believe. All left the church. It's the foundation. Was on her mom. And not on Jesus Christ. Final thing is, and great was the fall of it. So when the person who built on the wrong foundations, the parable ends that the house, the great was the fall of it. See, a lot of people don't realize that when the works that we've done are manifest in heaven, if you've been building towards yourself, your kingdom, your kids, your work, your career, whatever the case is. Jesus Christ hasn't been your foundation. You will end up going in the opposite direction to hell. You don't want to go there. Believe me. You don't want to go there. Some of us may still love Jesus. As many of you, I trust you, you absolutely adore him. You built on his foundation, but some of the building blocks have been incorrect. We built towards ourselves, we built towards our kids built towards our careers and everything and those things as I said earlier on they will be manifest in fire and they will be tested and we will just make it into heaven smoke on our bottom stinking like a bright place because you just escaped you can't get to heaven one day and face that moment with God and say but God goes back to that scripture but Lord Lord go away from me you wicked and lazy servant And then finally, I said finally three times. <laughs> when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he's teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. See, many people are going to come to you. Talk about the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers. Google and whatever. You can tithing. This is Old Testament. It's not too, New Testament. You can hear all kinds of stories. You can have all kinds of arguments. But remember, great will be the fall of that house. And you don't want to be in that situation where great is the fall of that house. So my heart to you, this precious people sitting here that have endured this, I don't know how long I've been speaking, but endured this time with me and the rest of us, Tony, Joe, elders of this group of people, this congregation of Sunningdale, who admire, respect, and honor. I want to ask you right now, have you been building on the right foundation? Jesus Christ. Have you been building with the right building blocks? For year or now, or for eternity? Do you know Jesus? So why don't we pray? Just trust that the Holy Spirit speak to us quickly. Speak to us, convict our hearts, and change us. Because we trust that even as we're standing, sitting, yeah, right now, in this beautiful day that God has blessed us with, that there will be a conviction in our hearts, a conviction in our spirits, not through Kim, but by the Word of God. 
the word will never return void. By the Spirit, who will convict, will turn, will change us, so that we can begin moving in the right direction, on the right foundation. So, Lord Jesus, as we sit here in front of you, heads bowed, we open our hearts, we open our minds, and we open our hands to receive your Spirit, more of who you are, and what you can do into us, to guide us to build on the right foundation. We understand and we appreciate, Lord Jesus, that we will face storms in this life. And for many of us, we don't know Jesus. And if that's you, I'd like you to raise your hand. I'll say a quick prayer for you. Is there anybody that would like to raise their hand and just say, please pray for me. I don't know Jesus. I'd love to get into a relationship and start using Jesus as my Lord, my Savior, and the foundation for the rest of my life. And for the rest of us, has or have you been building on the right foundation? Jesus Christ. Have you carefully considered where you should be building? Have you built Sisang, Suswizwe, Lebadunun? Or have you been building on the rock, which is Jesus Christ? And with that, have you been using the correct building blocks? Or have you been building towards yourself, your kids, your home, your career, your finances? That is you. Jesus wants us to repent. A lot of us believe repenting is a bad thing. The word says repentance brings about a blessing. Jesus died on the cross for us. Gave us access to the Father's throne room. The curtain was torn open so that we could access God our Father and call Him Abba Father. Abba Father. We can go directly to Him. Shortcut. If you want to you want me to pray for you now and say, Lord, sorry, man. I need to repent. I need to turn. I've missed the mark. I have been building on the wrong foundation. I've been using the wrong building blocks. Why don't you raise your hand just quickly, up and down. And I'd just like to pray with us as well. See one person standing, two people standing. Since we've come to the uh, Global Amphitheater, I think every single word has been in line. The Lord's been speaking to us. If you take last week's word, the week before's word, it's been a word that's saying this thing of how we're building. Where is our treasure found? Are we building on a thing that will last? And every single preacher has been on that day when everything is tested. Now this, this particular uh, um, set of scriptures that uh, Kim shared on, I meditate on that. I love that particular scripture on where you're building. Because it doesn't say, Jesus didn't say, well, you build, you're building on the rock if you love, because you love me. He says, everything that is not built of you on hearing my word and doing it will fall. 
Yeah, guess around all the excuses of, oh, Lord, but it's just me and you. No, 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 it's the truth of knowing. That one where he says, um, Lord, Lord. He says, not only those that obey the commands of my Father. See, there's a thing of obedience. There's a thing of doing. We can't lie to ourselves. It's easy for us to lie to ourselves and say, Lord, but I love you. But Jesus, when he says, those that hear my words and do. In fact, in Peter, it says, it's better if you didn't never heard my words. If you're not planning on doing it. It's better for you never to have heard it. Because if you're not going to do anything with it, you, on that day it's going to fall. And for me, for each and every one of us here, there's a measure of that. This call that's coming out now, I'm standing. There's a measure of, Lord, show me where am I building incorrectly. Not one of us here sitting right now can say that, Lord, we're building exactly how you want us to build. We're on your foundation. Lord, we're running. Everything in our lives is shifted towards you. And I think as um, Kim prays for us, I want to ask everyone to stand. And I, and I want our hearts to be, Lord, show me what evil is in me, the things I can't see. Lord, show me that we are building where I think that's you, but it's not. Lord, I don't want to find out on that day. I don't want to come that day and you tell me, Lord, Lord, and you tell me, no, I never knew you. No, you never built my ways. No, everything you thought that was mine, like Kim said. Oh, I, I oversee the congregations. I, and he come before the Lord one day and he said, but your heart wasn't for me. And I want us to, for our posture to be asking praise, to say, Lord, show me. There is so whatever's in me, Lord, today. Because on that day, I do not want to hear. I do not want to hear. I never knew you. On this day, I want you to shape and mold and reveal things. That is not like you. And Lord, that's my, for me, my posture is going to be, Lord, show me what I need. Thank you, Josh. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for people that have stood here this morning. None of us can claim, Lord, that we are always hearers and doers of your word. But yet, dear Lord, that is what you desire from us. And each one of us, as we stand here, want to get into heaven to face you, Jesus. And yeah, those wonderful words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Each one of us want to hear that, Lord, without fail. But Lord, sometimes we are misguided by our evil hearts, our flesh, the distractions of this world. Help us, Lord, as we stand here, as we worshiped you earlier, how great is our God. That you take the sins in our hearts, in our flesh, and you cast them away as far as the east is from west. You redeem us, you reconcile us, and you store, restore us into the people you want us to be. So we pray right now, Lord, help us, show us where we are building wrong. The wrong building blocks, Lord. Highlight them to us in our lives during this day, during this week, during this month. Lord, we want to turn away from the things that are not of you and towards the things that are of you, Lord. We want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not go away from me, you lazy and wicked servant. Lord, our hearts are for you. We've committed our lives. We've surrendered our lives. Everybody over here has said, I know Jesus Christ. But even the demons said, we know who Jesus is. And they fled in fear. Lord, we never want to take you 
and your word for granted. We want to live by the truth of your word. We want to live daily by your word. Let your word through your Holy Spirit consume us. Let's not only be hearers of your word, Lord, but doers of your word. Lord, and I acknowledge, along with these people that are standing in front of me at the moment, that in our strength, Lord, it's not possible. But by and through your Holy Spirit, all things are possible. So we trust that the Holy Spirit will come now, fill us, convict us, and change us. When we leave here right now, Lord, we never want to be the same as the people and the person that arrived here early this morning. We want your light to shine brightly in and through us as a light on a hill. In Jesus' precious name we pray this. Amen. Amen. Amen, guys. Well done. Thank you. Love you guys.